welcome to the Padang Sessions, an audio archive of lectures, panels, and conversations from National Gallery Singapore. Join us as we chart the art of Southeast Asia and beyond, one voice at a time. In this episode, we revisit a conversation between artist Ahmad Fuad Osman and gallery senior curator Shabir Hussein Mustafa, titled The Blurring Echo. Together, they spoke about the evolving context of his art since the early 1990s in relation to the artistic self and the trajectory of historical moments in contemporary art. This conversation was recorded live in January 2019 at National Gallery Singapore. Thank you everyone for coming down. I know it's been a busy weekend, so to speak, with so many events going on and uh, really uh, competing uh, for, for, for our time and attention. Um, I think as Gillian as has, has, has pointed out, um, our in-gallery talks are really meant uh, as, a, as, a, as a kind of a strategy uh, to really engage uh, with artists, uh, with other colleagues uh, in, the, in, the, in the field of arts and to really offer and hear and listen uh, to their perspectives as to how uh, particular artworks that we present here came into being. Uh, where did they come from? Who made them? Why? Uh, was there a particular trigger for it? Uh, were there particular impulses that led to certain things being this in certain you know, forms? Uh, so as a result, uh, I think uh, the way we've sort of uh, designed uh, today's conversation is uh, really a Dialogue, uh, dialogue uh, between Ahmad Fuad Osman, I'll just refer to him as Fuad uh, for the rest of the conversation and, and, and myself. And uh, just before we start, uh, I sort of wanted to also uh, offer some introductory thoughts, remarks um, about Fuad and how I sense him uh, as, as a curator working in the field, having followed his work for Gosh, I, I don't know how long, uh, maybe uh, over a decade now, um, and, 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 and the conversations no? uh, that, that, that we have shared, and especially uh, over the last, uh, I would say, year or so uh, as, as well. So if you just bear with me, I will introduce Fuad, and then perhaps I will trigger the conversation with the first question. So here goes. Introducing uh, Ahmad Fuad Osman is, is no easy task. He is known to most of us, but he's also unknown. Uh, there is a multiplicity uh, about him. As he shifts, moves, and circumvents the taken for granted, the often overlooked aspects of our daily lives, and develops his own perspective about the so-called contemporary condition. Fuad uh, is a painter, a writer, a biographer, a collector, an observer, and most importantly, an astute critic of things around us with a deep sense of premonition. He is, in my view, a seer, often sensing the pain and pleasure of those around him in the most nuanced manner. These intuitions are incredible. Fuad was making works about the post-truth age in 2003, and it has taken 15 years or so for the world to catch up with him. 
If I had not known Fuad as an artist, I would have thought he was a wandering Sufi mystic. He is, uh, he is somewhat shy, I must say, but extremely sociable when you're with him. He often offers perspectives on the world, careful observations of what is happening. Where do certain phenomena emerge from? What is the role of the artist in all of this? This self-reflexivity, I think I'll call it self-reflexivity, emerges also from his extensive library and his wide-ranging reading habit. In a single conversation, Fuad can move from Rumi to Usmanavang, and he will do this very effortlessly. If I had not known Fuad as an artist, I would have thought he was a university professor. This, uh, this, this engagement with the, with the textual, uh, the written word, uh, is always present. I recall a quotation from a 2009 work titled Study, uh, which features portraits of 12 men who are said to have turned the 20th century upside down, from Lenin to Marx to Gorbachev to Hitler to Mao. In the center of the painting resides a quote by the economist Thomas Malthus from his if I may say, controversial essay on population, which first appeared in 1798. So please allow me to read the quote. Nature is so fecund that any careless attempt to alleviate poverty will encourage unsupportable increases in population and would thus only exacerbate the suffering it is designed to relieve. As far as I'm concerned, this is Thomas Malthus saying, as far as I'm concerned, nature is unimprovable. Social reformers should therefore allow events to take their inevitable course and let wars, disease, and starvation reap the surplus." Close quote. Fuad reminds us that the artist is a speaking subject, that art is not yet done, that art still has the potential to use uh, a phrase he has used in the past, stimulate all the senses. He encourages us to embrace flux. The only constant is change. So in this exercise of all the senses, which leads me to another crucial aspect in Fuad's work, his constant movements across the Malay world. As he moves through the archipelago, he collects and subsequently transmits stories narrated often to him orally by those he meets. Sometimes these fragments make their way into his art. At other times, these stories reside deep within him, like a, a repository, a sort of an archive, to be revealed when the time is right. A quick peek, I think, at his extensive sketchbooks uh, will reveal these multiple worlds that Fuad occupies as an artist. I, and if I had not known again Fuad as an artist, I would have thought he was some sort of a solitary storyteller, you know, just moving through time and space. So in our conversation today, we will navigate these different realms. Uh, we will begin with this painting that is in the background, titled The Blurring Echo, a work from 1997. The year 1997, as Fuad will share, uh, was, was pivotal both for him as an artist operating within a collective, which we will also talk about, collectivity in Malaysian art, but also 
for Malaysia as a place, as a nation state. We will also use 1997 as a marker to perhaps move forward and backwards, tracing different stories and anecdotes as we go along. The emphasis will really be on process, the mode of working, the sources, the foundations of art. How do artists work? What, what, what do they work with? What do they use? What do they seek at times? What are the things that they disregard as, 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 as well? So having said that, perhaps I, I get the ball rolling and I go in with my first question full on. And I, I, I told him I'm going to ask him some difficult questions. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know, this, this, this painting, let's begin with this work. Huh? Um, is, it, is it a record of when it was painted? I mean, where, where were you in 1997? Um, first of all, uh, thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure for me to be here and thank you so much for inviting me to this uh, conversation. <clears throat> um, if you ask me where was I at, it, at this time, you know, uh, well, I wasn't just in Kuala Lumpur at that time. <laughs> of course, in 1997, uh, a struggling artist has been <laughs> for so many years. Uh, since the start of my career uh, back in 1990. I graduated in 1990 from UITM. And um, um, in 1997, if... Um, um, this is quite an old painting, actually. I haven't seen this painting for quite a while. So, you know, I just came in just now then you know, to look at it back again, you know. And um, I must say, I mean, the, the situation at that time in 1997, as far as I could remember, there's a lot of things going on also at that time, you know. Something like in, in uh, world history, you know, uh, Lady Diana, you know, was killed in a car crash, right? And then in uh, 97 also, uh, um, Iraq, you know, um, had been in its seventh years, you know, being suppressed by uh, US, you know. And then uh, that's, that's the world. In, in Malaysia, in Malaysia, there's a lot of things going on also. I mean, you know, in Asia also, there's an economic uh, crisis at that time world economic crisis, and then um, there's also um, in Malaysian politics, you know, the um, <clears throat> friction uh, uh, between Anwar Ibrahim and uh, Mahathir has been going on, uh, has started actually uh, uh, in 1997, you know. Um, so all these things, you know, Plus, my own experience also struggling artists and, and the world um, uh, economic problem at that time, you know. So, those are the things that actually also triggered this, not only the struggle in just big picture of political, you know. I mean, it could also be something like um, autobiographical also for me, myself, you know. And... and 
And I think it was also around this time that you had sort of returned back to the figure or a little earlier than that. Okay. In that sense, actually, okay, I, I have to, to go back again, you know, to, to uh, my starting point. You know, I graduated again in 1990. Yeah. So in 93, um, we, a, a collective Matahati, you know, we, when we decided to uh, have our first group show, um, I kind of starting, you know, from a, a, a blank slate, you know. So that, that's, what, that's why I call this period, you know, from 1990 to uh, uh, 2000, is a tab tabula rasa period, you know. So, um, I don't quite happy with the work that I did, you know, my graduation um, work. So after I graduate, I just stop altogether. You know, I didn't continue whatsoever that whatever that I, I learned, you know, in, in uh, art school. But I just uh, going around and observe and, you know, try to um, find something new for me. So when we decided to have our first um, group show, I have to start somewhere, you know. So when I started the, um, in uh, 91, I started to paint again. I thought the, the easiest way is to start with um, uh, formalistic uh, work, you know, I mean, yeah, abstraction. Because for me, it's just uh, playing around with colors, shapes, forms, you know. Uh, so for the first um, group show in 1993, uh, I, present, uh, I presented a, a, a body of, uh, uh, an abstract body of work at that time, you know. But after a while, after the opening, I find it, um, I mean, there's, there's some difficulty because at that time, I tried to communicate some issues already. You know, for abstraction, it's easy if you are only communicating your own uh, feeling, you know, your, your own personal things. But if uh, you are trying to communicate something, I mean, politically, social politi political thing, it becomes uh, problematic. So after 93, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, 93, you know, the public who came to the show, there was a lot of um, um, what, a response, uh, which I don't quite like to hear, you know, at that time. You know? Because abstraction, uh, when we're trying to, to communicate something, uh, people might look at it different things, of course, you know. Uh, people came and looked at it as, uh, I mean, I don't have any snake in the painting, but... They, they, they thought that it's a snake, it's a people, it's, it's a horse or something. So you don't like that, you know. So in 94, I thought I have to, you know, uh, change the way I present things, you know. So in 94, I, I uh, changed my style a bit, you know, a bit more uh, into semi-abstract, you know. So... Um, there's some figurative elements already in 94, you know. But the audience came and uh, there's still another problem. They don't really look at it, you know, and they, 
they just come to me, oh, oh I like your, your color, I like your uh, stroke. So at the end of the day, you know, I thought, what is it for? You know? So what, what, um, what is art all about? So this is 94. After 1994, I thought, okay, now I'm not doing for the others anymore. You know, so started in 1995, most of the work that I did, you know, is mostly for myself. So before that, in 94, um, before that, uh, it was mostly, you know, the ideal young artist, you know, trying to be uh, a prophet or something, you know, <laughs> trying to change the society and all that. It's too big, you know, man, and it's not easy, right? It's not easy. Because um, for me, after that, I thought you know, this is not the way. Because first, before we could change the people, you know, the hardest thing is actually to change ourselves. So from '95 onwards, you know, I changed the way I thought about things. You know, so uh, it makes me uh, easier. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm more free to, to create whatever that I want. You know, that's why I think I can go in and out of, of uh, whether it's a painting, you know, it's a video, it's a photography, because I didn't produce work for, for you know, any other expectations, you know. Um, I do what, what, whatever that I wanted to do. You know, so that's for now. I, I have a, a, a couple of things huh, in, in relation to that. Uh, the, the first is perhaps, and we just talked about it before coming in. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm quite curious uh, to understand how you got to UITM. And by, by this, I mean that, um, no, recently I've been talking uh, to another Malaysian artist, Latif Mohidin. And uh, he often talks about how, uh, in a sense, whilst uh, things can be quite KL-centric, um, there is a sort of the great Malaysian landscape, uh, which is constructed around the Kampong House, right? And, and this, this, this Kampong House uh, becomes uh, not just a, a repository uh, for the past of memories, of histories, but it is also a place from which artists emerge, right? And, and I want to, want, uh, perhaps you want to talk a little bit about this, like how you got to UITM. Um, I came from uh, Baling. Kedah is a very small town, sleepy town in, in uh, up north of Malaysia, only 20 kilometers away from uh, the Thai border. You know, and um, there was no uh, exposure uh, in arts whatsoever. So I don't really know what artists are at that time. As far as I remember, I just like arts. You know, I just like to draw. You know, so those are the only thing that I know. You know, so <clears throat> after school. And there was no ambition like I'm, I'm going to be an artist or something because there's, there's nothing. You know, even in our school library, there's no art books. 
So I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It's just that uh, my first exposure in arts is through my brother's drawing. You know, my brother also liked to draw, you know. So when he draw, you know, he just um, uh, put it on the wall of my kampong house, you know. So I think that that was my first exhibition that I saw, you know. <laughs> so your, your brother's exhibition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exhibition. <laughs> That's my, my, my uh, brother's uh, exhibition, you know. So with that, I thought, you know, that's, that's the jealousy. You know, jealousy, you know. I thought, how come he could draw? And if he could draw, maybe I could draw better than him. <laughs> you know, there's jealousy, you know. But jealousy, of course, in a good way, you know. It's not, <laughs> not that bad way. So, we, we, we know you still love your brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, that's about it, you know. And um, in Baling, um, it's unlike today, you know, there's, um, uh, uh, my dad is a, is a farmer, he was a farmer, you know, and um, my, my mother was just, just um, a housewife, and nothing, uh, that's, I mean, you know, it's not easy, you know, life is not easy, so when there's money, there's no way that they will you know, try to uh, get me some sketchbook or a pencil or nothing. But, but it's uh, very small support from my mother, you know, very small support. Uh, she just know that I like arts, you know. Uh, I, I can still remember this one uh, TV program at that time, you know. Uh, it's called uh, Paint Along with Nancy. This old lady, you know, <laughs> paying, uh, painting landscape with uh, all this uh, palette knife, you know. And... Uh, my mom, my mom knows that I like art, so, so because I was still very small, you know, I don't know that today, you know, they, they have this in, in the TV and all that. So whenever she saw that there's, there's an art program, she'll call me, you know. So this, I don't, I don't consider that it, this is like a support. I don't consider it as a support, you know. But years later, when I think back, actually... This, uh, um, you know, small action is actually a support. Because it sort of triggers something. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it nurtures your, your interest into this, you know. So, after school, uh, sorry, this is going to be a bit, a bit long story. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the I point. hope we have time. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> okay. So, after school, after school, you know, um, what I know that I, I, I just like to draw, you know. Uh, I, I don't really study hard when I was in school, you know. So I thought I'm going to fail <laughs> miserably. <laughs> but I don't know how, somehow, you know, my last exam, you know, our high, high school, I, I didn't study. <laughs> but I managed to get it right. Sure. And, uh, you know, I... I um, strange, really strange. <laughs> you know, uh, I was, was among the best students at, at that time, you know. So, before the exam, I told my mother already, right, I don't want to, to go to school anymore after this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but because I got a good result, of course, uh, I got offered to the uh, university, you know. Then uh, I, I have to go, you know. But I don't want to, to just go in, you know, anything that I don't like, you know, the only thing that I like is art. So, 
So it was already clear by then. Yeah. That, that you yeah. wanted to. It's just that I don't know what artists are, what they do, and I don't really know what fine art is. What um, uh, there's a lot of um, different different things in arts itself. You know? So everything you know, I just learned when I was in UITM. That was my. It was already in what? I was already in. Um, my, I was 19 or 17, sure. 18, you know. I learned everything from scratch there, you know. So, and, and, and so if I may ask, I mean, the, 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 the collective is also formed. Yeah. Uh, at the time. It was in, right? in 1989, something like that, you know. It was because um, there was a problem of organizing, you know. Uh, because young artists in Malaysia, in Malaysia, there was no art market at that time. 87, 88, 89, there was no art market. It's really totally different from today. Eh? And um, art at that time was, um, um, I remember it was abstraction, you know, at that time, you know. And uh, it was quite hard for us as students to organize things, you know. So the best thing that we could have is form a group so that we could uh, help each other out, you know, to organize, uh, to have a show, to uh, send the works, to this gallery and all that, you know. So uh, we thought um, to have a group is the, the, the best idea. And, 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 and it worked? It worked very well. It worked very well. Yeah, it worked very well. And... Uh, even right after our school days or so, you know, we still need to be, um, I mean, in a group, you know, to kind of help each other because the, the art scene was, was different and we came in with a different thing, you know. We, we, we wanted to, to, to show different thing at that time, you know. So it's hard to penetrate the market and of course, you are, as a young artist, the galleries uh, don't really uh, know you and uh, of course it's, it's not easy for them to accept you. And uh, also, if you are working on your own at that time, I remember the, um, the gallery at that time, if you are planning for a solo show, you have to prepare at least 30 to 40 pieces of work to have a solo show. You know, for a young artist to prepare that you know, how many years do you have to prepare for that? You know, so the, the best thing that we have is uh, we form a group. So each artist, uh, we have five. Uh, we were five of us, you know. So each artist produced only five, six pieces. Then, you know, times five. So we have, you know, a good body of works to show, you know. So that's how, that's how it works, you know. Okay. So, 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 so along with the collective... Um, can you talk a little bit about how the, 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 the teaching models worked as well? Because, I mean, clearly this was a moment where you're just, you're like a sponge, right? You're absorbing everything. I mean, who were some of the teachers who were, who were around? Okay. Um, we were quite lucky at the time because our teacher was um, uh, very actively uh, involved in um, our art scene, you know. Um, People like um, the late Ismail Zain and um, uh, Sulaiman Essa, you know, Fauzan Omar. And each of them, actually, they have their own specialty. I mean, like uh, Fauzan Omar, he, he's very good in a formalistic study. You know, so we learn a lot uh, through him. You know, the mixed media, the um, formalistic, you know. 
And then through Sulaiman Esa and uh, Ismail Zain, uh, these two figures were very good in concept conceptual thinking, you know. Even though at that time, we don't really understand what they were, they were trying to say, you know, they, they were talking about. You know, I still remember this uh, Ismail Zain. We don't understand. We really, really lose But, you know, this thing, I mean, it took fifth, almost 15 years. I was in uh, Korea in 2015, you know, in 2015 for uh, a year uh, residency. Then only I understand, you know, what was, you know, Ismail Zain, our teacher, was trying to, to, to say, to teach us, you know. It was about, you know, he, he came in, it's, it's a drawing class. It's a drawing class, you know. Uh, he had this um, a setting in, in the middle of our classroom, you know, with all these uh, structures, you know, uh, the branches, the old uh, palm leaf, you know, and uh, a dummy inside there, and all, uh, few objects in. And then every morning he will come in with this, his old... Um, what they call this? The, the, the music uh, box, the old music box? Um, gramophone, with this old gramophone, you know? So <laughs> he, put it, he put it there, and then we'll play an old uh, Malay song. You were 17, and we just started to, 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 to learn about arts, and what is this all about? We don't know. So in 2015, I went. I was there in 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 uh, Korea. You know, I thought, oh, suddenly it's just pop up. You know, so, oh, this is the thing that you know, Ismail Zin wanted us as a student to to learn to know. You know, it's the essence, the essence of thing. You don't draw whatever that is in in front of you. You know. Of course, you draw whatever that's in front of you, but it's not just that. It's not just the surface. You have to go behind it, you know. That's why I play this old Malay, you know, the, the, the Javanese song, you know, to have, to have the, the, the feeling, you know, the feel, you know. So, that, that's the, it's, that's the gist the, the, that you have to capture, you know, so... We are, we, are, we are lucky. We are like, we're lucky to have this, this kind of teacher, you know. That's interesting. I mean, because uh, this is something that we probably will have to begin to now return to in, in terms of hist historicizing Malaysian art, uh, especially some of the things that Ismail Zain was talking about yeah. in the 80s, you know, the aesthetics of, of, of weeping, for example, you know, of crying, and the aesthetics of, of, of fever, you know, your body experiencing heat. Um, and just to just to kind of share, uh, the reason why Fuad is pointing to that side is because we have an Ismail Zain work. Uh, he, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> the painting, yeah. the painting is here. So just just to just to be sure, and we have uh, Suleiman Issa's works uh, downstairs as well. So uh, if you want to go explore it later, okay. So um, kind of uh, coming back a little bit to this work. Okay. Uh, 1994, I believe. Uh, the series that you begin with is called the Lost series. Yeah. 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 And of course, I mean the, the name suggests maybe you want to talk a little bit about the Lost series. series. And 
Yeah, and, and then I have another question, yeah, which will connect. Lost Dreams, because I, like I said before, you know, um, in 1993, actually, you know, uh, when I wanted to start again, you know, from a blank slate, you know, so I started off with abstraction. It's, it's, it's a, a bit of, a, you, know, a, you know, the other way around, you know. Um, so for me, um, I started my first journey back into art again at that point. You know, so for me, the, the act of, of painting at that time is it, like uh, uh, putting yourself you know, somewhere that you are not familiar with, you know, you, you don't know where, where you are, and it, it maybe, you know, in a jungle or something, you know, then you try to find your way out. You know, that's why I feel like, like you know, it's a lost series, it's, it's, it's more like that, you know. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's what I did. Sort of to enter the unknown. Yeah, yeah. You know, you put yourself into the, the unknown... Um, uh, space or area, you know, then you try to navigate, try to find your way out. And I think it's still, until today, you know, I'm still uh, trying to navigate. Maybe I, I, don't, I don't know. But this thing is important because uh, that makes me going. And it makes me wanting to try new things again and again, you know, trying this and trying that and not... Uh, um, not just, uh, you know, not feeling enough. It's just, you know, anything. I, I, I want to know more. I want to, to know more, you know? Yeah, so well, that's, keep, that's, keep me going. I, I think that's also one of the bigger debates uh, that is going on uh, within, if I may say, uh, international contemporary art circles today that uh, they feel that uh, within contemporary art, I think uh, the artist's need for self-expression is present and valid and useful. However, having said that, I think what makes the difference uh, between artists is not just the need for self-expression, that's fine, but also the artist's willingness to step into the unknown. And to go into a space where she or he cannot measure the outcomes. You know, I, I, think, I think this is... I think it's, it's very important to put yourself into this, you know, because um, uh, the other thing, uh, I mean, it, it, um, uh, it's quite easy to have this if you put yourself uh, out of your comfort zone. You know, for me, um, uh, I think residency program is important because of this. You know, uh, time to time, I think as, uh, for, for an artist, it's, it's uh, important to put yourself out of your comfort zone because of this. You uh, try to understand new things, you know, learn new things. Then you'll be, I mean, you know... Uh, refresh again. If not, you'll be too comfortable and you start uh, repeating the same thing, you know, and uh, I think it will be boring, you know, after a while, you know, so, uh, yeah, as, as an artist, I think um, time to time, you know, you should put yourself in the unknown situation. I mean, in, 
you, 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 you kind of break your own uh, expectation also. It's important. Just to uh, uh, maybe perhaps uh, shift gear a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I, I want to ask you a question about, so as, as you're beginning to develop the, the loss series mm -hmm. and uh, you begin to turn uh, to the figure, so to speak, in painting, we, we still haven't gotten into the other mediums that you work with, I think we'll come to that. Um, narrative also comes back into your paintings, right? In a way, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, I always like figurative paintings from the start, you know. Uh, I think because of the struggle to become a full-time artist, also uh, um, uh, contribute a little bit to my, um, you know, practice as an artist, you know, because. Uh, of course, as an artist, you want to be a full-time artist, right? But um, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially, you know, when, when you first started, you know, uh, in the early 90s. So, what I did was uh, I have to do some odd jobs, you know? And I don't want to go too far out of, um, of uh, artistic practice also. So I went into production, you know, I went to work with uh, TV uh, production, film production, and still, uh, stage production, you know. So this thing, stage, uh, TV, and films production, somehow give me the sense of narrative, you know. So whatever that I take from um, my job, you know, so uh, after a while, when I got some money, I stopped my job there. Then only I can <laughs> get back to my studio and, you know, work on, on my own thing, what I, I want to do, you know. And then again, it repeats <laughs> again, you know, repeats after again. I finish some money, I have to go find some job again, you know, it's like that. But it somehow, it, 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 you know, I, I used that uh, experience you know, back into my artistic practice. And uh, I think that's how it, you know, sort of so it, be it my performance, you know, my video works, um, my installation, a theatrical installation. So this is how it came about. So you, you, you've also done theater, right? You, yeah. You, 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 you perform as yeah. well. Yeah. Where, where... <sighs> Okay, <laughs> when it comes with... Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to try and branch out into the other mediums yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit, but let, let's just talk this, about this for a moment. Yeah. This is interesting, actually. <laughs> you know, uh, for particularly for performance, you know. I came from, from Baling, and it's a small town, and so my, I mean, my, my inferiority complex is quite strong at that time, you know. So... I think, you know, uh, if I, I want to be an artist, you know, one of the first things that I have to conquer is my fear. Sure. Right? I have to overcome this first. For a young artist, you know, to conquer fear, to conquer his inferiority complex is not easy. So, one of the things that I thought I should do is 
I have to do whatever that I fear most. I put myself right in the middle to be criticized or to be, you know, viewed, you know. So that's, that's how I started a performance. You know, I thought I have to be there, you know, instead of um, do some painting that I can go hide away and then people just look at my painting, you know, I'm safe, you know. But, okay, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like that, you know. If I'm going far, this is one of the things that I have to face, you know. So, I started to, to put myself into this situation, mm. you know. So, that's how my performance came about. And of course, it, it, it was out of necessity, of course, you know, because uh, I always um, uh, work with conceptual, sure. you know. So, whenever, um, whatever that is needed, you know, you know, I, if I have to do, I have to do. What, what, what are some of the characters you played? <laughs> a few, <laughs> few things. You'd rather not talk about. That. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I, I also, uh, before we go into the the range of mediums uh, with which you work, um, there is a there is an incredible quote which is attributed to you, and we will test now whether it was really you. Um, which goes something like history is false memory. Okay. And it's sort of connected to questions of narrative and, 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 and how you source your sources, so to speak. Is it, is, was it you? Yeah, yeah. You said it? Okay. <laughs> to me, I felt like that, you know. <laughs> I felt like that because um, um, uh, it, it's like this. It's like this painting, you know. History is a false memory. I can I can say that um, because um, I can take this as, as an example. You know, this is uh, if you notice that there's uh, 1957. You know, when uh, our first prime minister proclaimed uh, Merdeka. You know, our first, our um, uh, independence. Yeah, and then this is 1997. You know. So it's uh, how many years apart, you know? The spirit of independence, we celebrate, of course. They are celebrating Independence Day. Yeah, they, he, he, uh, here, they celebrate independence, but the spirit is different. So for the people who doesn't really go through the, the actual moment, you know, that is the false memory. They thought that they memorized this. It's not because they, they don't go through this, you know? And um, I can take another example, you know, which um, uh, I, I produce these recollections of long lost memories. Mm. You know, one of my other works, uh, the photo uh, based work, uh, this was produced in 2007, mm. you know, to mark 10 years uh, after this. And uh, that one, uh, I kind of like um, to travel back in time from 18 something until 2003, you know, I used all photographs. And um, it was very interesting, you know, when, when we have this uh, uh, work shown in, uh, because it's like a workshop you know, we did in, in school, you know, in school, a lot of students, they 
of course, they don't really know. You know, even uh, when we have a very important, very uh, famous pictures of very important events, they don't really know. But by putting, by putting only a little bit, adjusting a, a little bit, and, and new elements, introducing new elements into all photographs, all moments, you know, uh, they started to notice. They wanted to know more. You know, when they look at the, the work, you know, they wanted to know more. You know? So, uh, that's, 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 you know, what I mean. Is, uh, you know, and, the, and in that work, you introduced uh, like this, this contemporary figure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That work, uh, I used all photographs. Uh, not not uh, just uh, important photographs in our, our history. Uh, some of the photographs, it was also very ordinary pictures, you know, it's not important, but I like it, you know, I just use it. So I just put contemporary figure right into the picture. It's just that, you know. But, uh, you know, a lot of people started to look into this, um, you know, moments again. They wanted to know more about what happened to, you know, what happened here, what happened, you know, in this picture, what, you know, so... Is in, 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 in relation to that, perhaps, uh, and in relation to possibly even this work here, um, how, how do you balance uh, um, uh, questions of, if I use the word, the political uh, and the aesthetics? Are they very different spaces? Aesthetics? And, and aesthetics, sorry, yeah. And... And are they very different spaces? Are they connected or how, how does it work? I, I don't really thought about aesthetics when I did this, this kind of work, you know, because mostly I just um, trying to express my ideas, you know, what are the, the best mediums to express uh, this, because aesthetics for me, um, I tried actually. I tried to just uh, focus on um, aesthetics, you know, without uh, really concerned about the the um, concept. You know, it's it's not working. I mean, um, aesthetic for me this is just. Just, just technique, you know. It's just, um, you know, how to apply uh, colors to, <laughs> you know. It, it's, I don't, know, I, I never thought about you know, how to achieve aesthetics in uh, producing this. Um, maybe um, I don't know whether it, it answered the question. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, I just focus right now how to express the concept, the idea, you know. So aesthetics just in my background, you know, whether. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, they are still there. You know, it's just that I I don't really give more attention to that. You know, because uh, you cannot run away from from this. Uh, you know, formalistic. You know, balance and and um, you know uh, when, when you deal with um, even video. You know, you still have to deal with all these. Color grading, you know the the sound, you know the visual, you know. So they they are all aesthetic, 
You know, it's just that I don't really focus on that, you know. It was just a supporting elements, mm. you know. It's just supporting elements, you know, for me to uh, communicate, you know, so, my ideas. So in the 90s, were there instances where you, you worked through certain ideas, but you never kind of published it or you never shared these works? Were, were, were there instances like that? Well, you, you just felt like the work didn't deserve to be shown. Uh, which, which work are you referring to? I'm, I'm referring to works that you may have made in your studio, but you never showed them. You, you know what I mean? If you're relying so heavily on the process and exploring mm. certain ideas, were there works that just said, no, this, this doesn't cut it? Uh, yeah, there, there are works like that. There are works like that. It's, it, uh, it's more like of a try out something, sure. you know? And uh, some was actually uh, uh, in 2010, actually, in 2010, when I decided to uh, go to Bali. Mm. Yeah. When I decided to go to Bali, it was just um, um, a decision that I made just to get out of um, uh, Malaysia at that time. A point in time, you know, and uh, when I went there, I don't really involve that much uh, with uh, Malaysian art scene. I don't really show and I don't uh, attend openings anywhere, you know, but I keep on producing. I keep on producing. So um, I don't think it's important to have to show every year and all that, but it's important to keep on working. Is an artist, you know. You don't have to show, but you have to work. You know, keep on working. You know. So um, after a few years, uh, uh, last year, actually last year, suddenly I thought that, that I need to show again. Then all these um, works, the accumulated works that I've been working, you know. Then I, I I showed them again, you know. So it's. It's out of necessity again. You know, if, if, if it needs to be shown, then I'll show it. If it's not, then it's okay, you know. But you still have to work. Okay, two questions. You can choose not to answer. Okay. Uh, why, why did you want to leave KL? And why Bali? Um, it was quite a lot of... Um, uh, politics also, you know, going around in in um, my environment, you know, in KL at that time, and uh, I just don't want to get involved with that anymore. And then also, I got uh, first started off with a commission uh, to uh, you know to produce something, um, and. Uh, it happens that the, the um, collector, you know, have a place in Bali. So I thought, okay, this is a good time for me to get out of uh, Kuala Lumpur, at least for a while, you know. And then I went out there and then um, I was happy because uh, I, I don't really have to get involved with this uh, scene. I can do whatever I want to do. I don't have to attend any shows, you know, and uh, I don't have to meet anybody, you know, because it's... it's also, um, it's an um, obligation or something, you know, it's, it's a responsibility 
for you to mix mix up mix around with with all these um, um, you know people you know but if you're out there it's okay you know so that's um, one of the thing you know and then when I went there there's a lot of things going on there you know especially um, in terms of uh, artistic production. Actually, for, for, for contemporary art, it's not, Bali is not the place because it, it's, it's a bit too commercial. It's for tourists, tourists um, it's a tourist destination, you know, because contemporary art is actually in, in uh, Jakarta and Jogja, right? But for me, to work there is okay because um, uh, the place that I live, you know, around, around my area, you know, there's a lot of um, artisans, work with uh, wood, work with um, stones, you know, stonework and uh, a lot of natural um, material, you know, and then um, the friction, you know, between uh, old tradition and contemporary um, uh, stuff, you know, uh, is there. Bali is there. We, uh, yes, we can have it there in Bali, right there, you know. So I thought this is the right place for me to, you know, just be there at least for a while, you know, and, and try to see how it came about, you know. And then uh, it ended up for me uh, six years already uh, in Bali, you know, until now. So, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I want to perhaps move back a little as well. Um, again, going back to questions of sources, um, uh, questions of, 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 of how you sense the world. And one of the ways that you always sense the world is uh, through films. And do you, do you want to talk about that? Because last time we met, you, you, you said that you were in, you're not interested in Hollywood, but, but, but you're interested in film. Uh, is, is there a way to experience film without Hollywood? Yeah, I, I, like, I like films, yeah. I like, I like filmmaking. Last time, you know, when, pe when people ask me, uh, what will you be if you're not a visual artist? Uh, I would say that maybe uh, I'll be a musician, you know, last time, you know. But uh, today, if people ask me, you know, <laughs> what will you be if you're not a visual artist? Maybe I'm a filmmaker, you know, because um, film for me is, uh, is, a, is a, a, it embody the whole thing of arts, elements in it, you know, because we have um, uh, music, sounds, we have um, costume design, we have props making, we have uh, performance, we have action, you know, we have uh, painting, you know, everything is there in films, you know? And um, the, the narrative, the storytelling elements in it, you know? And it's, um, it's very strong uh, impact. On me because I remember um, watching this one movie, you know. Because for me, art is, is, is this. Art is this, you know. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this uh, Tokyo story from Yasujiro Ozu, yeah? Ozu's movie, you know, Tokyo story. Uh, that's one of my favorite. I, I recently went to the temple where it was filmed. Oh, really? In Onomichi. Okay. Lucky you. <laughs> okay. 
Um, what I like about this movie is that I there's there's one um, uh, uh, there was a moment where I was too busy working as usual, you know, too busy working. Uh, my parents came from from uh, my hometown. They came to Kuala Lumpur, you know, and. Um, I was too busy. I don't. I don't really have time to visit them, to be, to spend time with them, you know. But suddenly, you know, one day, uh, while while I was working, I thought about this movie because this this Tokyo Story movie is about that. You know, the 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 parents from the from the small town village. You know, they went in uh, to town. Where the 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 uh, kids were, you know, and the kids, you know, were busy. They don't have time for the parents, you know. And then um, um, some tragedy happened, and then uh, you know, it, it's like that. And uh, right away after I thought of that movie, I put down my brush, <laughs> you know. I I put down everything. I stopped and I went back. I went to my to meet my parents and I spent time for like three days with them because of that movie, you know. So um, I thought, to me, art is, is is this. This is art, you know. It's more than just to beautify your your living spaces and all that. It's it's not just that, you know. It's more than that, you know. That's that's what I'm looking for. That's why it's quite hard for me to just focus on the aesthetics. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because I need more than that. You know? To communicate, to give uh, some sort of uh, a long-lasting feeling, knowledge, you know? Like this. I still remember this. So I want my art to be like this also. When, 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 when we face something, when we experience something, it get back, you know, it get the audience back to that particular work, that particular painting, that particular object. I want that in my works, you know, whether it's achievable or not, you know, I don't know, but I want that. I, mean, I, think, I, think, I think in a way, uh, um, um, that what you just said could be a way to open up the floor. To questions, are you are you are you willing yeah, yeah, to take yeah, one yeah, or two yeah, sure. questions? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> let me. Uh, I have I have a couple more questions, but let's let's see what comes from the floor first, okay. and, and and we can play it by ear. Yeah. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, and I just have a question regarding um. So you said your passion kind of at the start, you saw your brother's painting, right? Your exhibition essentially. So essentially your kind of passion came from quite an innocent place, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then um, when we were talking about your series of lost, mm -hmm. um, you said you have to kind of go out of your comfort zone, go into the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to ask, um, where do you find the courage to do so? Is there anything, um, something that's happened or you've seen something that pushes you towards um, outside of your comfort zone? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> Uh, where do I start with that? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe because I came from nowhere and I really have nothing. 
So I have nothing to lose, actually. You know, I started from from um, nothing, you know. And um, if if I think if you experience, I mean, if you don't really go through hard, hardship, you know, it's quite hard also to uh, put this aside and, I mean, to, to choose this way, you know. But uh, it's, it, it's been... Uh, like that for quite some time before I, I went into this already. So for me, it's okay. I just, I just go ahead. I don't care whether people accept it or not. People like it or not. You know, because it, it has always been there for me. And uh, I kind of uh, set uh, my mindset already, you know, um, right before the, the start of my career, you know. Uh, I wanted to be an artist because I wanted to be free. You know, freedom is very important for me. You know, that's why I become an artist. I don't work. You know, I don't want to serve any people's interests. You know, that's why I want to become an artist. I'll do what I want to do. It's not that um, I'll do what uh, people wanted me to do. You know, it's, it's very important for me. You know, and um, um, of course, there's uh, for, for, for a Muslim, of course, we cannot really 100% be free to do whatever that you like. You know, we have a certain rules, you know, but I don't mind that. You know? <laughs> I don't mind that, you know. Uh, I like that also <laughs> because we, we still have uh, a certain guidance. You know, it's not, it's not really rules that, that bound you, you know, uh, but it's a guidance, you know. But um, I started off with this in my mind. And I want to be free. So, as an artist, if I wanted to be free, you know, why do I have to have just one thing, one style, one form, you know? So I can do whatever. Today I want to paint. Tomorrow I want to, to produce a, a, a video work, you know. And then a day after that I want to uh, perform. Why not? It's okay. You can do that. You know, there's no, there's no law. You know, <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. you set your own law. So I'm free. I'm free to do that. You know, and um, so uh, yeah, I started off with that in mind. Uh, but I think you have to start quite early, early on. You know. Uh, so after a while, when people started to familiar with with your your uh, mode of working, you know, they will accept. They will accept you. You know. So so you have to show them that you are really serious with with what you do, and you know what you are doing. You know. So it's important also. You have to know what you are doing because if you don't know what what you, are, I mean, it's, it's not that. Uh, 100% we know, we are, we are sure, you know, because uh, I say that we put you, ourselves in, in the unknown uh, territory, you know, but you have to, I mean, uh, you have to be sure of yourself where, where you are going also, you know, uh, because if you don't know, you know, you don't, don't know whatsoever, you don't know at all, it's hard to communicate also. No, I didn't have a question. I was commenting <laughs> on the good. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I, I was actually struck by it because throughout the conversation, I could see the, the development of the contemporary artists where Ford was very adamant that it came out from within them from very dark, gloomy periods. Um, there wasn't anything that they could follow on or they could depend on. Whereas if I look back in the earlier pieces, periods, we had the corporate artists like Latif Moedin, Said Ahmad Jamal, Ibrahim Hussein, who painted for Saim Dabi, who painted for the institutions. They had the comfort of that. They became institutional and corporate artists. Then subsequent to that, we had the teacher artists. The, what do you call it? Okay. Ismail Zain, Yusuf Ghani, Awang Damit, uh, Fozan Omar. So then again, it became the label. You know, they all became teachers mm. and then they all became artists. And now the institutions and the corporates work very hard to create a relevance for the corporate artists which they own, for the postmodernist teacher artists which they have obliged to create a relevance for. But I cannot see the correlation between them and the contemporary artists. Because when I hear you talk and I hear your, your motivation, your direction, it came so much from within you. And it came from a period where young artists decided that they were going to be full-time artists. They didn't buy insurance to be a teacher. They didn't suck up to the corporate boys. They didn't play their politics. They didn't look at the aesthetic as you say you didn't do, you know. So I, I do, I'm quite amazed by this period uh, where we develop people like yourself and, and a lot of other contemporary artists like you and looking at the kind of works that you all do, I think this will be a very interesting period as, as it goes along. And listening to your explanation today, it made me understand a lot more than I understood before. So thank you very much for, for what you said today. Thank you, thank you. Kind of follow up, in terms of going forward, uh, there is uh, somebody who you have been a bit uh, working on quite rigorously, I would say, Pangi you know, Mawang. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that project? There is a Singapore component to it, right? It was presented, uh, a version of that uh, yeah. project was presented at the Singapore Biennial as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it will be shown in Sharjah yeah? soon yeah. in uh, March. <clears throat> this uh, project that I'm still working on, you know, for three years already now, yeah? Started in 2016, yeah? This uh, uh, project, which um, embodies the Nusantara. I think this one is also, uh, the, it came out of my, uh, actually the idea was, was a, a, a already, you know, long before I became an artist, you know, it's, it's already there, you know, when I was um, a student, I mean, I was around 15 or something, I read this story of um, uh, a young Malay man who followed uh, Ferdinand Magellan, you know, to uh, circumnavigate the world. And, and it's possible that this guy was actually the first man to circumnavigate the world instead of Magellan because Magellan died in Cebu, Maktan, you know, in the small uh, war, you know, with the native there, you know. So Magellan died there and this guy who came from... Um, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of story, you know, whether he came from Sumatra and some people said he came from Maluku and he uh, stayed in Malacca at the time in 1511, you know. So when Malacca um, 
filed to Portuguese, you know, and uh, Magellan took him as his slave back to Portugal in 1511. And then when they sailed around in 1519 until 1521, so this guy was actually, who was the first to complete the 360 degrees of the circle, you know. And uh, it, it was possible that he was the first, but because he was a slave and, uh, you know, uh, nobody, merely nobody, you know, Malay man from Nusantara, you know, of course, uh, it won't be in a history, you know. So that, um, that is the project that I'm going to, to you know, to represent him, you know. So I, I did something like a memorial to this, um, um, you know, I don't know, hero or something. <laughs> I don't know. So that's that's one of the projects that that I'm I'm working at the moment. <clears throat> I mean, I think this will open at the next Sharjah Biennial in yeah, in, yeah, in in yeah. March uh, this yeah. year. So if any of you are think, in the area, you should go check it out. Yeah, I think I think the component also came uh, through my my experience of uh, staying in Bali. Also, you know, because my my exposure to uh, this this uh, old uh, objects, artifacts, you know, Nusantara um, uh, artifacts, you know, in the museums, you know, and um, yeah, those those you know elements, you, you don't really aware of that actually, but it resides in you, and uh, there will be time that you know, all this. Uh, archive you know, in, in, inside you, you know, it will pop up, pop, pop out again, you know. And, uh, and it's not chronological. You can, you can no, take things out as, no, as you wish. No. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, again, you know, the, back to the, the question again, you know, so uh, I feel free. <laughs> I feel free, you know, to... Um, because, you know, I, I, actually, I, I, I can't find a logic... Today, especially today, you know, uh, today, 2019, where I started in, two, in 1990, you know, I can't find the logic of working in just one thing. You know, I keep saying this again and again, because this, in life, there's a lot of things, you know, too many things. And, well, as an artist, I mean, it's a shame that if, you know, I have to just deal only one thing, you know, you find a style or you find a form, you find a subject matter and you keep on doing just, you know, this one thing. You know, a variations of just one thing. I mean, I, I can't find the logic of this. That's why, you know, I, I can <laughs> go in and out of this, you know. I can... Uh, why not? Again, eh? why not? I can... Because in just one day, yeah? In just one day, you, you wake up. You know, you wake up. Do you just talk only about one thing? Until you sleep. One day we wake up and then you sleep at night. You just talk only one thing. And this is just one day. Yeah? One year, ten years, you just work on just one thing. I, I, I can't find the logic of this. You know, so that's why for me, I'm free to do what I want to do, I'm free to say what I want to say, you know? So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, how, that's how I work. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a mindset. You have to have a mindset. 
you know uh, yeah and 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 for what i must say it's it's difficult oh. it, it, it's difficult uh, also to to occupy that space you know it, it takes a lot of work you know yeah maybe maybe i enter the art scene with uh, a little expectation you know and also a little bit of frustration at first you know uh, a few rejections you know and i take it as a challenge you know a few rejections when you were young you know you you wanted to enter a competition you got rejected and for me of, yeah of course <laughs> it's a bad work <laughs> you know but again it's a mindset you have to build a mindset you know you you frustrated at first first few days you cannot eat yes <laughs> a bit dramatic here yeah? <laughs> cannot eat you cannot <laughs> do this how comes you know my one was so good <laughs> you know but the rejection if you turn it around it becomes a strength you know after a while it become who cares you know so after a few times of rejection you don't care anymore you know and the other thing that i learned you know uh, which again back to this um, sufi belief you know you you can't put yourself on on this uh, the higher pedestal of called a great artist you know or superstar and all that you know when you are up here it is quite problematic but if you learn uh, sufism i don't really learn that deep yeah you know don't don't misunderstand me but i like it you know as a bit like uh, a, a buddhist uh, 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 thinking you know thought yeah sufi it is nothing actually this life is is nothing so what what is so great about being an artist again i'm free because of this thought you know because of this thought i i have i don't have that too big responsibility to be great to be big to be you know because at the end of the day this is just a a passing life is just a passing is is this world for a buddhist or, or a sufi this is just a transit this is just transit very brief transit you know the real thing is you know the here after so whatever that we are doing today you know so you just treat it as a, as a transit what is so big about it i'm free again <laughs> so criticism rejection for me is good because it put you down back down on the ground right you know so the you know the the you when the good review in 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 the newspaper in magazines you put you up there you know is uh, sometimes it's very dangerous also you know so criticism rejection will again put you down on the ground so if you have that then okay you survive you know so that that's that's how i work maybe there's a, a little bit of a background to all this uh, social 
political things in my work, you know, which uh, I was trying to, because I don't like politics, actually. <laughs> I hate politics, you know. It's, uh, but you cannot get away because you are part of it. You, whether you like it or you, you don't like it, you are part of it, you know. Um, for me, it maybe, maybe again, it's, it's been, it's already been part of me because of maybe because of my background. I came from Baling. Baling um, is famous with uh, three important, uh, very important history uh, in Malaysia. You know, first, in 1955, you know, they had this, um, they call it Baling Talk, where Tunku Abdul Rahman, you know, Tunku Abdul Rahman uh, had a meeting with uh, the um, communist leader, whether, yeah, Chimpeng, yeah, where they tried to end the emergency period, you know, where they started in 1948 until 1960, emergency period, because at that time they were trying to um, uh, get, get, uh, to get the um, uh, independence from the British, and one of the things that they need to have is the, um, you know, the stability, you know, so uh, they had this meeting, you know, and the meeting was held in my school. It was, yeah, I went to school there, you know, uh, where the meeting was held in 1955. I remember, you know, when I was, I was uh, schooling there, you know, they still kept the, the, uh, the classroom, you know, yeah, as, as a memorial to that, you know. So I went to school there, you know, and after that in 1974, you know, in 1974, there was a very famous um, students' uprising, you know, where, you know, Anwar Ibrahim came to prominent at this time, right? So in 1974, uh, with this student uprising, uh, a lot of these um, uh, important political figures, you know, uh, entered the city, you know, at that time. It was triggered by this um, incident where the, um, the rubber price, the rubber price, you know, when I fell down really low, and um, in Baling, my hometown, you know, most uh, of the people there, you know, they, they rely on, on uh, rubber tapping, you know? So when, when the, um, the price went down and the cost of living is too high for them, they can't balance it out. And, and the, uh, there was an incident that uh, few uh, children died because uh, they, they have to eat this uh, wild yam. You know, they, they call it ubi gadong, you know, wild yam. You know? Because they don't, they don't have money to, to buy uh, food, so they have to go find some food um, everywhere. You know, then there's uh, this walium. You have to be very careful because uh, you need to have a. You, you have to know the way to to clean it to cook, and few people died because of this. So because of this, the farmers in Baling started from one thousand people. You know, into it came about four. 
three days, you know, they, they, they went down onto the street, protest for the government to take action on this, you know, for the price or something, you know. Uh, until around 25,000 farmers in Bali, they went down onto, in, in, to, the, to the streets. And um, when I, was, I was only five at that time, you know, I don't remember that well. But my dad was in that, you know. And um, that was 74 in Baling, you know. And then in 1985, it's a Mamali. Mamali, I was um, preparing for my last uh, final exam. I still remember at that time, you know. Which you didn't study for. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember. Okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, late 1985, you know. So uh, it happened, a Mamali incident happen, you know. This was totally political between PAS and AMNO. And one of the people who died, you know, 18 people died at that time, you know. So one of the people you know, came from my, uh, my, my village, you know, my village. So all this I witnessed. And a uh, few things, a few things actually. I think that also... Uh, form my, my uh, shape me, you know, because um, Baling is only 20 kilometers away from Thailand, you know, so that's why they have this Baling talk with the communists and uh, when, when we talk about communists, my first experience of smelling this um, a, a corpse, you know, smelling of a corpse, corpses, so also from the communists, you know, because at that time they, when they, sometimes, when they shot the communists, they brought them out into the Baling hospital, and I saw the first time the communists and you know the smell of the corpses. I can still remember the smell of the corpses, you know, the stench and all that. So, yeah, that's, that's maybe I don't know. It, it really shaped my after. You know, in 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 a, in a way, you can you can you can you can you can sense history. You can yeah, you can yeah. you can taste it. Yeah, yeah, you know, for the for the 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 communist uh, for the communism uh, until uh, sometime around early eighties, you can still hear the the sound. You know, there is the shooting. You know, in in the jungle, not far from 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 my. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I'm actually quite curious. Um, you have a panel, 1957. A panel, 1997. What would the 2017 panel represent with the painting behind about the spirit of Malaysia right now? Uh, not to explain things illustratively already, you know. Um, but it could be anything, you know. It's quite clear with the symbol of the craze. You know, it could be uh, the Malay power, and we could also relate it to um, maybe um, our political party at the time. And of course, when we relate to our political parties, Amno, you know, where they have this uh, courage as a symbol and all that, you know. And also, uh, it could also be the the. Um, Rakyat themselves, the public themselves, or it 
could be also me, myself, at that time struggling with quite a lot of things. You know, quite a lot of things, trying to understand things, trying to cope up with life, trying to uh, become an artist, which I still cannot, you know. <laughs> I still should work on something else, you know. So that's, that's a lot of things. This is a, a book project. It's actually came out of my own research on the issue of, um, you know, quite big issue last time and still until today, you know. But unlike last time, you know, today it's okay to talk about this already. But uh, when I did this, it was in 2015, you know, uh, people in Malaysia um, started to talk about one M MDB issue, you know, and um, it was not really... Uh, open yet at that time. So for me, as an artist, um, uh, I have, uh, it's more of like an urge, you know, to, to talk about this, you know, but it's not really for public, actually. I just want to know. I just want to know about, you know, we, we know that the, the, the uh, someone behind this issue is this one guy, you know, um, suddenly, you know, in art fraternity in, in Malaysia, they started to talk about this guy who uh, bought a painting in New York, you know, uh, from uh, a painting by John Michel Basquiat, you know, uh, a dust head painting for, I think, 48 million or something, you know. So people started to talk about this guy. He's a Malaysian. You know, and he outbid some very important uh, collectors in the world in New York. You know, so people started to talk about this guy. So I, you know, I was curious also, who's this guy? You know, and apart from this um, uh, Basquiat painting, you know, does does he he bought another work? You know, so I started to to. Uh, do a, a bit of research into this guy, you know. So, and it, it turns out that he bought quite a few more other pieces as well, you know. And uh, for me, I have no intentions of, of uh, showing it whatsoever because I never thought that there would be, you know, a time that the government would be, you know, different. There would be a change in our government. So if um, I think I thought that uh, if um, this is the same government, you know, this issue will not be uh, you know in public after you know after that last election, it won't be discussed anymore. So for me, it's important to document this, you know, even if it's not for public. You know, it's for me, for my family, for my immediate family, for my close friends, you know. Um, but today is, 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 uh, is different scene uh, whatsoever, you know. So I thought maybe I could, I could just share this. Uh, but still, it's just a plan, you know. This is just still a mock-up of a book because uh, I need quite a lot 
of money, you know, to publish this. So until today, still, uh, still just a personal project. Uh, just like to thank you for being here with us today. And uh, once again, please join me in thanking Ahmad for this. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Padang Sessions from National Gallery Singapore. Find more of our podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us for updates and new episodes every two weeks. To learn more about our programs at the Gallery, visit nationalgallery.sg. Our podcast team is Erica Lai, Mariel Chi, Royan Ng, and Tamaris Goh from National Gallery Singapore. The music you heard is composed by Javon Chandra. I'm Joyce Chung. Thanks for listening. Thank you.